0: Thank you for listening to the Motion City Church Podcast, where, at our core, we are about bringing people into an authentic, growing, and thriving relationship with Jesus. This week, we continue our series, A King's Speech, A Summer in the Sermon on the Mount. Let's listen in. Um, my second oldest cousin, he's 6'5 and played basketball most of the way through high school. So my family is coordinated. So I went over to my friend Heath's house the other day, and this little kid is like n- almost two. I've never seen a two-year-old throw a football like this. Y'all, it was, it was unbelievable. He was throwing spirals with this little football. So Heath turns to me, and he's like, I didn't know you were coordinated. And I was like, Yeah. I'm really coordinated. It's not an issue. Like, that's what I do. And he's like, man, I just thought you were book smart. I was like, oh. No, I mean, I'm a pretty coordinated guy. I've done things my whole life. One of the I'm trying to teach Hadley how to ride a bike. It's like the hardest thing for me because she doesn't have that natural coordination. I, the other day, I was trying to throw her, show her how to skip a rock. I was like, okay, so you got to hold it like this, like just in between your two fingers, and then you just like throw it this way and push the rock with your finger, and it'll just skip. And she goes, okay. So we worked for about a minute to put the, fin- the rock in her fingers correctly, and she goes, all right. And I was like, oh, well, at least we got the rock right. But the point of the story is go, goes back to Heath. And Heath made a judgment about me based on the little that he knew. And that's what Heath did. So we look at Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6, is where we're going to be this week. It says, and I need to pull up the right version so that it matches what's on the screen. Otherwise, that could be bad, right? Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye, when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, and then turn and attack you. So, most people that read this, like, stop after verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. And I found this funny image. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I did. You want know, to show that image real quick? The straight out of context thing. Here we go. This is how people take the verse, right? They just like cherry pick it. They're like, well, the Bible says don't judge. Yeah, you're right. It does. But like even just continuing to read, we can see some things like, why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? Would you take the speck out of his eye before you remove the log from your eye? And the answer is, I hope the answer is no. I'm sure that's not the way it is for everybody, but I hope that's the answer. And there's a key part, part there that a lot of people don't necessarily think about, and it's the fact that you still got to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Like, that still happens there's just, make sure that you're correct first. The log is in your eye. You can't go to your brother and take the speck out. So get the log out of your eye and then go take the speck out of your brother's eye. It's not just a simple transaction there. It's not just like, I'm going to go over there and not do it, not tell him what's up because that would be wrong. And I think one of the things that Uh, when people read this, they they catch on to that don't judge thing. But the problem is when we look at scripture, you don't get to just look at one piece and say, okay, well that's the answer. You have to look at all of it. And so we're going to go to another place of scripture that I think really illuminates what Jesus is saying here and helps us to understand a little better. And that's going to be 1 Corinthians chapter 5. That's Chronicles. I always get those mixed up. Especially when I'm like, going through something. And we're going to start in verse 9. Paul says, When I wrote to you before, which is funny because this is 1 Corinthians, but there were three letters to the Corinthians. We just don't know where the first one was or is. So Paul says, When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge. In sexual sin, or greedy, or cheat people, or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. That's a pretty strong statement, I think. I meant that you were not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't associate with those people who claim to be a believer and then do everything the believer shouldn't do. Those are the people that you can't talk with, that you're not supposed to associate with. Well, why? Because they're claiming one thing and they're doing something completely different. I think. When we look at what Jesus said in Matthew, he says, how can you get the spe- the speck out of your brother's eye when there's a log in your eye? And then he says, hypocrites. It's those people who are believers, quote-unquote, and then are greedy, abusive, drunkards, and all those things. Those are the ones who are the hypocrites that are, they're going around trying to get the speck out of your eye while they have a log in their eye. And then I think the next line is really, really cool. And it says... Don't even eat with such people. Can you leave that for just a second? We talked about this uh, a few weeks ago, and then everybody went out to eat, and it was really fun. But the idea that part of the fellowship, of the early church especially, was all based on a meal. And so when you look at 1 Corinthians, Paul is talking to a group of people who get together as a meal— for communion and church. Like that's what they do. That is church to them. So when Paul says don't even eat with such people, he's saying don't let them in church. That's a really, again, really strong statement. It's not like, hey, that's a person's a believer and they're doing the wrong thing. We should like maybe try to help them out. No, no. You confront them. If they don't correct the behavior, you're really hard. You you kick them out. You don't even eat with them. So the question is, how does this work with what Jesus said? How does this idea of don't even eat with those people work with, well, don't judge other people? Well, Paul goes on, fortunately. And verse 12 says, It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside. But as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. Paul quotes from Deuteronomy 17, verse 7. And uh, I think that verse is, I didn't look it up, but I'm pretty sure that verse is really strong. As in like, don't associate with the evil person means you can stone them. Um, That was a common practice in the Old Testament. Like, they sinned. They did the wrong thing. You take care of them. Kick them out of the community all the way out of the community. And I think Paul's words here are really, really important, and they show us how we should act as Christians, and we should look at Jesus' words also. So let's go back to Matthew in light of what Paul said and see if we can hear it a little bit differently. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. That's a cool verse, but I think verse 2 is really, really important here. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. It doesn't say, period, full stop, don't judge people. It says if you're going to judge people, you need to be on the standard that allows you to do so. If you're living a Christian life, and you're not doing those things you're not supposed to do, and the Bible says, like, hey, you shouldn't be doing that, you have every right as a believer— to go up to that person and say, what you're doing is wrong and you need to stop. Again, Jesus affirms it here by what he doesn't say. He doesn't say you can't go get the speck out of your brother's eye. He just says, make sure you fix yourself first. And then once you're good, now you can go and fix your brother. I think that that's, It's really important in the scheme of things because this verse and and everything around it has been convoluted two ways. So there's one group that reads this verse, and as soon as they read it, they say, we can't judge anybody for anything ever. And sin starts to creep into the body of Christ. No one confronts it. No one says, hey, what you're doing is wrong. It's just allowed to be. And as that happens, the body of Christ starts to fade away. Because the body of Christ is pure. And as soon as sin comes in, it's no longer pure. So that's one reaction. The other reaction is a stronger reaction toward judgment. It's like, oh, well, we're good so we can judge people. And instead of following Paul's instruction to not judge those outside, immediately judgment to those outside the community starts happening. And often with little to no information about what's going on outside the community. One of the beautiful things about the church is we know each other. So if I see you doing something wrong, it's not like I'm coming up to you being a jerk out of a relationship. I'm coming up to you knowing who you are and knowing what's going on and saying, hey, in love, like you really can't be doing that. There's a middle ground there, and that's where we have to live. So I feel like we've got verses 1 through 5 really solid. And then there's this verse 6 that is always lumped together with these verses, but may seem out of area. It says, Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then turn and attack you. Let's change something up. Because the New Living translates it, but it's not great. So the English standard, which I'm sorry I don't have, but it says, do not give dogs what is holy and don't throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So in this, Jesus kind of does this cool Hebrew poetry thing where the first and the last thing match up and then the middle two match up. So it's don't give to dogs what is holy because they'll turn it to attack you. And don't throw your pearls before pigs because they'll just trample the pearls. How does this fit with the whole idea of judgment? It seems kind of strange. But I'm hoping that Amanda can throw up the slide that puts the two together and she can hear me? I don't think so. Nope, not that one. You're close. Nope, next one. There we go. You're doing great. I appreciate you. Don't keep speaking wisdom to a stubborn person. Jesus says all these things about judgment and then gets to the end of the judgment section that he's going to talk about. He says, hey, these things that I'm telling you, if they're inside the church, and if you're, you're, judging is a hard word. If you're confronting them, I mean, you are judging them, but like the confrontation's better than just a judgment. Tell them what's up. If they do it, that's great. If they don't and they continue to do the wrong thing, don't keep pouring into that. If you keep confronting that action, the dogs are going to attack you. If you keep confronting that action, everything that you pour into them is going to be trampled over. And that's a really hard thing for... Um, especially pastors to do is uh, we have like this love of everybody and just we love people and we want to know Jesus. And I've seen it a lot. a, A pastor will find somebody who's really hurt and they'll just continually pour into that person. And the heart there is really, really great. They really want to see that person changed. But the problem is They're spending all of their time on something that isn't going to change. That person is stubborn. Those dogs aren't going to accept what's holy. Those pigs don't understand what pearls are. And if you continue to pour that that way, you're going to feel burnt out. As a Christian, you're going to feel like my efforts are worthless. Have you ever talked to somebody and they just completely rejected the gospel and then you try again and again and again and it just they keep saying no and you're like, what am I doing wrong? Well, honestly, what you're doing wrong is you're continuing to throw your pearls before swine. And that's really hard to hear. So what do you do on the other side? Well, we believe that Jesus is the one who changes people's hearts. So you continue to live a life in front of them that it says, hey, this is who I am and I'm praying for you and give them every opportunity. But if they're stubborn, you're not gonna get that chance to change their mind. That's something that Jesus has to do. So the whole idea of these verses, Jesus has kind of given us the groundwork for what to do later. He's telling us, hey, whenever you get to these situations, make sure that you do the right thing, and the church will continue to operate. These verses are short, to the point, and cool. But you can't just take that one little verse and just be like, don't judge anybody. You got to look at everything and see what Jesus is saying in the context of what's going on. I hope that I've made this clear and that you understand it. Probably not, because my brain's been scattered all week. But let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. We hope that you have a great week. We would love to invite you to join us at Motion City Church every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. at Ballwell School in South Minneapolis. To find out more information about Motion City Church, please go to www.motioncitychurch.com or you can follow us at Motion City MN on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter.